0: Morning, morrow, evening, afternoon, wherever you may be around the world listening to the Ride on Track podcasts. Um, I am Uh, one third of your hosts, uh, Tom, but from now on I'm going to be Denim because we have another Tom in the studio. We have Tom Parry. Welcome.
1: Thank you very much, Denim. It's very good to be here on the Right On Track podcast. I'm so excited to be a part of it and I can't wait to have heaps of fruitful conversations with you and Connor.
2: Yeah, glad to have you here. And welcome Connor too. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. hi. Nah, it's fine. So yeah, of course, we three are sort of in the up range of the ages three and up Thomas fan base. The Thomas connoisseurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually a really good way. Right? The Thomas connoisseurs. Yeah. Or Connoisseurs, if it's yeah. Connoisseurs, yeah. But um, this is just a little podcast where we talk about the episodes, our love of Thomas,
0: and just the general comments about it. Fantastic. Now... Um, as we did in our first episode, Connor and I uh, both got an opportunity to chat about how we kept hold of Thomas, how it kind of stayed with us. And we want to give that opportunity to uh, a Parry right now. Uh, Parry, what, how did you keep hold of Thomas? Like, what was it about it that made uh, the magic stay?
1: I think it might have had something to do with my father. So he was a librarian, he had a deep love of trains, and he had read the books by reverend audrey and he passed that love on to me through the thomas the tank engine and friends tv series and when i was growing up we had just repeats of the ringo star episodes some of the oh, earlier michael Angelus episodes and then i think it was when i was in grade three or four so beyond the age when i should have been yeah, right you know right. watching thomas the tank engine that season six and seven came out on tv like brand new episodes And it was just really exciting seeing new episodes of this show on TV. And, yeah, the love just stayed with me for some reason. I don't know whether it was the storytelling, whether it was the model trains they used to tell the stories, whether it was the scenery. But, yeah, I've just continued watching particularly the older episodes as the years Mm -hmm. have gone on.
0: Mm -hmm. It's, yeah, I think I can definitely particularly relate to uh, like when Series 6 came out, it was a really exciting time to see new Thomas. Yes. And I remember I have very distant memories of seeing Series 5 for the first time as well. Mm. And, yeah, there, there was something about it where I was like, what, they're still making it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: it was quite a culture shock in a way on how this thing from my childhood that originally started in the 1980s was still going and is still going to this day, yeah. which is quite a testament to sort of the legacy and popularity of it. Absolutely. It
1: be, it's in a very different format to what we're used to. Yes. yes.
2: Yes. There's lots of changes happening every day, every few hours. Someone comes up with a new grand idea. that,
0: And we hear about it on social media.
2: <laughs> exactly. Now, what do you do, Parry, to sort of keep your Thomas interest alive today?
1: Watching the old episodes. That, yep. that that's pretty much it. So with me in the studio right now, i brought along a little prop. It's the first season on DVD, and it's in a childproof case. It is a very childproof case. Of course, it's got the carry handle. But I just wanted to ask both Denim and Connor if they could just uh, see if they can get the DVD out of its placeholder. Okay, right. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so, okay.
2: So this is... Going to be interesting. Yeah.
1: So. Yes, I can. Okay. There we are. So that was Uh, easier uh, than I thought it would be. Yeah, that
2: that was easy for me. Let's see if you can do it, denim. All right. Let's. uh, These things have typically been quite difficult. This bad boy. There we go. I
0: honestly
1: thought this segment would go on for another three or four minutes because I always found it difficult to get the DVD out of the case, and I thought, well, if you want children to watch Thomas the Tank Engine, that's not the way to go about it. No.
2: But you mentioned it's a child-proof case, yes. which means children shouldn't be able to open it.
1: Yes, but it's a children's television show, so surely. Yeah,
2: but children shouldn't operate heavy equipment like... DVD players
1: so <laughs> uh, well, that's a very that's true actually it uh... It actually harks back to my childhood and watching Thomas on VHS. And it got to the point where I watched the tapes so often that I actually um, broke the VHS player. Oh, no. And at Act 2, I'm going for repairs. So, yeah. And,
2: and, and you see, that's why they make sure that the parents put the VHS and the DVD on mm. to make sure that you don't break another VHS recorder. Mm. It was actually because of you. Yes. They, they didn't exist before. Your parents were like, yes... Hi, son Parry mm. has just broken a recorder. Please make tr- childproof safe <laughs> cases. Or because of Parry. <laughs> exactly. Honestly, you are the reason of that iconic carry handle
1: today. Yes. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's sad but true. I must say that I am slightly miffed by the fact that they haven't made Blu-rays of Thomas. So it's simply yeah. because technically they're sturdier, they can hold more content. True. So, HD, of course. Yeah.
2: But one interesting thing, I have considered the idea of Blu-rays in the past, however, because it was a lot of, you know, at least earlier seasons, Mm. were shot on, you know, VHS, Reels of Tape, 1983, Mm. so on, there isn't actually really that good quality to take from them. Mm. Like, perhaps the quality that you get online is pretty much the best quality you get,
0: uh, unless you're watching VHS. Mm. Having said that, there are some uh, really uh, cluey YouTubers out there who have been uh, finding restorations of the older episodes. Um, I know that I think the Japan copies are, like, crystal clear. If you just type in, like, Thomas UK Restored and then whatever episode you desire, Mm. it's a new experience. Like, that grain is not there, and i will be keen to... But that grain, man, that grain is nostalgic.
2: Oh, it is.
0: It is so much so. And I wish I had the VHS. It's still just for that. But, yeah, it's a very ethereal experience. It's funny we talk about the DVD cases because for ages I've uh, wanted to uh, give mine a bit of a facelift and pop... Pop them in uh, proper DVD cases and make some nice covers, on Photoshop or something like that. Mm. I think that's something that I need no- I need to do at some point with my uh, season uh, one to ten.
2: Yeah, you 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 are quite the artist. You in fact made the logo for this very podcast. that uh, <laughs> yeah, well, people you. listening to you right now.
0: So very good. Oh, thank you. Um, so let's dip right into our episode discussion. Uh, last uh, episode, we spoke about the first. Four. Three, four, four episodes, yeah, yeah,
2: Yeah, so th- three and a half, because one's like a two-parter.
0: Yeah, yeah. I always forget Thomas and Gordon, because uh, the next arc is very Thomas-centric, whereas the yes. last arc is very much Edward Gordon and Henry. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's something I often forget. But let's dip right into it. Uh, what's our first episode that we're going to talk about today, Connor?
2: Well, the very first episode we're going to watch is Thomas's train. The classic time that Thomas... First, left the big station to go and explore the world.
3: Then he came to a signal at danger. Bother, he thought. I must stop, and I was going so nicely too. What a nuisance signals are! He blew an angry peep peep on his whistle. The signalman ran up. "Hello, Thomas," he said. "What are you doing here?" "I'm pulling a train," said Thomas. "Can't you see?" "Where are your coaches then?" Thomas looked back. Why bless me, he said, if we haven't left them behind.
0: It's uh, one of those classic episodes where I think it's an integral part of um, Thomas kind of finding the formation of his character. And the learning experience, very much like a child growing up. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's like so often that everyone can relate that you forgot something at home just because you're too excited. Yeah, yeah, like first day of school or first mm. day of um, university for some, but <laughs> um, it's uh, a lovely story because there's still not too much going on in terms of uh, background scenery, and I like that it's not, like, a big bustling railway yet, but you can mm. still uh, identify, like, Thomas... James, Henry, and Gordon. And
2: and that's actually really interesting. You say that there's not much background going on, but the entire plot actually starts off with sort of a subplot which grows, which is Henry being ill. Mm. Because the train that Thomas forgets is Henry's first train of the day that is normally pulled. But it brings in the entire coal and he's not, you know, good enough and we need to replace him with another engine And I really like on how it's just sort of slotted there at the start for, you know, an arc, but it really ties into this arc well as well. Well as well.
0: Yeah, Mm. that made sense in my mind. Yeah.
1: Made sense to me. (laughs) So it's all good.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess one thing I'm interested in uh, finding from both uh, Parry and uh, Connor, what's um, a part of this episode that Uh, you really harken back on and remember well.
1: Well, what I remember most about Thomas's train is the little narration that Ringo Starr gives about uh, what happened next, nobody knows. So, because in order for Thomas to not pull the train, someone would have to have, uh, first of all, not coupled him to the train or pulled a lever by mistake or the guard accidentally waved his flag so and yeah, of course, Ringo says so in the narration. So there's this sort of confusion as to why Thomas left the station without the train, and it sort of ties into this um, uh, problem that Thomas the Tank Engine has, both in the books and in the TV show. It's that where does the autonomy of the engines begin and end, mm. and where does the the human elements begin and end? Yeah, there because it's said that it's not Thomas's fault, and yet. The story treats it as though it is his fault. They left the train without the carriages.
0: Yeah. Hmm. It's funny. Like, that's still left in mystery. And even in the adaptation into The Adventure Begins, Mm. that mystery is still there. They kept Mm. hold of that. Um, And it's very kind of much like an incident report that you'd find on, like, a a Melbourne train line or something. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I, I think... It's uh, interesting that it's framed that way. Like, now that I think about it, it's something that I kind of overlooked because I've seen it that many times. Mm. Um, But I kind of like that it isn't so deliberated in the way that it's delivered. It's kind of Mm. left up to our imagination.
1: Mm. Mm. Absolutely. And this problem about the human element versus the train element, it's, like, consistent Mm. throughout the show's entire run. We're not entirely sure, you know, how much input a driver or fireman has over Thomas. I mean, in sub episodes, it's like they have full control and he's just this sentient being is at the mercy of others. And in other stories, it's like that the train is at fault and they do have control over their actions. Mm.
2: Uh, a, a brilliant episode that yeah. I know we will get up to a later date that retakes this issue mm. is Thomas Comes to Breakfast. Yes. Where Thomas mm. is talking about, oh, I want to go. Out. It's like, well, you can't go with your driver and fireman. Mm. And, in fact, is just a lazy cleaner that accidentally sets Thomas off. Yes. But then, especially in the series now with, say, Legend Lost Treasure... Yeah. ...on how Thomas is going around solving mysteries and digging up treasure... Yes. A- ...and then, you know, his fireman driver just jump out as he's about to crash in the sea. It's like, wait, they were in there the whole time? <laughs> yeah. They, they, fully, they were in on this too. <laughs> they, they fully support... Like, I think there's another villain here.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
2: but for me... The most iconic moment of this episode is the one that just played where Thomas arrives at the signal. Mm. And what really gets me is how empty the entire shot is there because yeah. you've just got the blue train, you've got the green surroundings, mm. and I feel like no recreation of it can be done without a very similar style shot mm. with just an empty background, Thomas... Lone Signal Man, Lone Signal Box, mm. and the narration it is one of the best parts about it. But mm. realistically, um, much like many of the early railway series stories, this is based off real events. Yes, yes it is. Um, it happened a lot of the time, mainly on the Great Eastern Railway in Britain, uh, specifically with the quote-unquote jazz mm. service, as it was called, because trains with names were all the rage back then. Um, but it also has happened in other locations and, you know, other times. But it was most common on the Great Eastern Railway, which is where this story sort of is inspired from.
1: Mm.
0: That's fantastic.
1: And uh, we've just got to still up here on our computer screen. And if you notice there, you can see Thomas's surprise face. And just to the side there, you can see the driver looking out of the cab.
2: <laughs> He's done. kind of like, well, wait, what? <laughs> that I didn't notice that. So I encourage people listening to go to the episode and roughly three minutes in after Thomas, you know, realizes he hasn't got his train. There is a brilliant close up shot of Thomas's shocked face and you see the driver looking back. And I find it's that this kind
0: of dumbfound <laughs> reaction. <laughs> but like
2: well, we can't see the driver's reaction, but that does mean the driver doesn't know that they've left the train <laughs> behind either. <laughs> they
0: haven't been looking at the steam pressure.
2: And would that answer where whose fault it was?
1: That would absolutely, yes. It would. Be- because
2: the driver didn't know that it was wrong.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So that means that the driver must have thought that the train was there.
0: Yes. Which means the driver must have been the one that set off early. Mm. Probably. Quite probable. It will be hilarious. Listeners out there, any uh, fans or uh, Thomas connoisseurs who are out there who are creative enough, I would love to see an uh, adaptation of some of these stories all from the engine crew's point of view. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Either that or, you know, it would be a great series uh, having a psychiatrist uh, with Thomas's driver on the couch <laughs> saying, hey, tell me what happened. And it's, it's all from their point of view. The issue
2: is. My train, it talks. And I just, calm down. Cal- the talking train isn't real. Bitch is
4: blue.
0: I would watch that. Oh. That's a Netflix show right there. We,
2: we uh, Thomas Poop thing. Someone make it now, yeah. please.
0: Make it happen. Oh,
2: brilliant. Make there's some
0: amazing it. Thomas Poops out there. Um, yeah. But getting back to the story, um, I think one of um, the iconic moments for me, there's two that I really like. And I love... Um, how at the beginning, um, all the bigger engines undermine Thomas and they go, oh, you're too impatient. Um, you won't, like, be able to pull the train because you'll forget something or something will happen because you're Thomas. And he goes, no, nah, I'm going to show you one day. And he does. And... The other bit that I love is, um, as Thomas leaves the station, there's all these beautiful shots of just Thomas kind of just rolling through the countryside, Mm. which are really iconic.
1: People (laughs) waving at him as he goes by. Yeah. Mm.
0: And I kind of wish, like, as much as I love um, the title credits um, for Series 1 to 7, I reckon that would be, like, an amazing title credits Mm. sequence, like, having those shots in there.
2: I actually really agree with you there, because instead of the classic... Because, of course, the Series 1 to 7 opened with Thomas pulling Annie and Clara Bell along Farquhar Branch. Mm. He hasn't even got them yet. Yeah. True. True. So it would be perfect up until Breakdown Train, which we'll get to later, Mm. if the opening was this shot from Thomas's train. Mm. It would be amazing.
1: Well, on the VHS releases, they actually go with... Images of the engines with their names on the... Oh, the title board? cards? Yeah. Yeah, 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 name board
0: sequences. Hmm. Oh, they're not on DVD and I wish they were. They yeah. they are
2: really good because, um, of course, I've been re-watching all of these episodes on my VHS collection. Hmm. Magical. One thing I really find interesting about it is how bare everything... I've said bare a fair few times <laughs> about it, but a lot of the name board sequences again, use characters that weren't even introduced at the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. like
0: Toby and Percy. And-
2: exactly. I- in fact, um, in a, again, realistic railway series standpoint, Toby wasn't introduced in the world until after World War Two. Correct, yeah. Mm. A- and that's one thing I find really interesting, because all of um, up until Tobin the Stout Gentleman takes place before World War One, and then there's some... World War II, sorry. <laughs> yeah. And then soon, there's a massive jump in time, which means that there is about seven or eight years of stories
0: untold. The idea that, like, stuff happens that we don't know about definitely excites me. And I think they build that um, mythology a lot more in the current series, like there's hints of things happening. Like, there's hints in, like, season 17 that the Cold e Fell Railway is out there and uh, once the Arsdale engines are introduced to the um, TV series, there's hints that those stories could have happened or they're about to happen, and then we saw them in series 20. Um, So the idea of the timeline in the way that stories work is really interesting and I'd love to see, like, a timeline of how... Like, if you were to put all these stories together, how it would look. Mm, Try and get a full timeline in order.
2: Uh, There was a really interesting um, episode I watched. Uh, Someone was talking about something Thomas related and how a whole bunch of things were brought up that weren't even realistic in that time frame. It would need to, in fact, have happened later. And then the next episode, which takes place after that one, takes place before it. So, I feel like a full actual Thomas timeline with every single episode Mm. laid out will be really interesting. Someone get on that.
0: It's interesting. I read an article, I think um, it was with Andrew Brenner, who is the um, current series producer, said that ambiguously the series uh, in the TV setting that they've been working on has been set between um, 1930s to 1970s, and they kind of used the technology of those eras. And don't make a specific su- suggestion of when it is, but we know that it's somewhere in that time period, mm. probably more down towards the late 60s, early 70s period. Definitely. Out of... We did a, a rating system uh, last podcast on each uh, episode that we viewed. Out of 10, uh, what would you guys rate this episode?
1: I'd lean towards a 7 or an 8 for this one because, as you say, it helps to grow Thomas's character and we and you get those beautiful shots of the scenery, as you mentioned as well, Denim. So, Absolutely.
0: Yeah. What about you, Connor?
2: Okay, so I've been trying to rate every episode without any nostalgia context or any sort of outside opinion, just purely on it as a story and the visuals along with any other surrounding things. And I would rank this at a seven normally Mm. um, because it's, you know, it's good. It can be better. But I'm I'm going to move that up to like eight and a half. A a nice jump purely because on how it's got the little Henry sub arc starting here, Mm. which first thought you'd think nothing of it. It's only when you get to much later episodes in season one that it really all comes together, and it feels like something that you've always known. Yes, Henry's always been sick because it's just brought up, mm. but this was the very first time it mentioned, and mm. it was such a seamless transition because it also tied into Thomas's arc. What about you, Dan?
0: It's interesting that you bring that up because I kind of my uh, headcanon theory is that Henry's illness kind of comes from his time when he was in the tunnel that maybe something got through his funnel into his firebox I
1: thought exactly the same thing
0: yeah Mm. and I think that uh, fatigues him a bit and he's out of uh, order for a little bit or at least until the next uh, few episodes Um, but I definitely have to uh, base this like I love the story but I also have to base this on um, a production value um, as well because I love um, all the shots and the scenes I have to
1: give this a 7 as well Mm. okay Uh, What's the next episode, Parry? So the next episode is Thomas and the trucks. So we've seen him use coaches and now we're going to um, see him learn how to control trucks. And I believe this is the first appearance of the troublesome trucks in the series. It is. Let's take a look.
3: No, 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 answered the trucks bumping into each other. Go on, go on. Before the driver could stop them, they had pushed Thomas down the hill and were rattling and laughing behind him. Poor Thomas tried hard to stop them from making him go too fast. Stop pushing, stop pushing, he hissed. But the trucks took no notice. Go on, go on, they giggled in their silly way. There's the station. Oh dear, what shall I do, he cried. They rattled straight through and swerved into the good yard. Thomas shut his eyes. I must stop.
0: Thomas and the Trucks, is uh, the first appearance of the Troublesome Trucks. um, And Thomas's uh, excitement for the world doesn't stop after Thomas's train. He wants to uh, still take on the world. um, And Edward gives him the opportunity to take uh, his train of trucks um, across the island and uh, mishaps uh, go awry.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Yes, and um, this is also the second appearance of Gordon's Hill. I believe. It is, (laughs) yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. We see... Another reason why I love uh, this little collection of episodes is that we see a lot of locations like Gordon's Hill and Henry's Tunnel again. Mm. Um, And there's just some really, again, beautiful shots of Thomas just travelling through these settings.
1: Mm. But that's one of the issues I have the episode, though, because it's just Thomas... Traveling through the scenery, yeah. So the the story, the real conflict about him and the trucks, it doesn't really play a huge part in the episode. Yeah, only
0: up until that point where he gets to the top of Gordon Seal and mm-hmm. then they push him down is really when it happens. Mm-hmm. And um,
1: also notice there, if you're listening to the clip, the music it doesn't really give any sense that he's in peril of urgency. Yes. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, it. it, it, it it's almost a bit happy, just the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. It's like a bit of a kick line going on. Yeah. No, mind
1: you, the music just before that, which is basically a synthesizer cover of the Thomas the Tank Engine theme, I love yes. that. I could listen to that all it's day. so oh, good. Yes.
2: I love the theme. Um, As that music was playing, I was, yes. like, dancing a little bit to it because it's so good. But I agree, Perry, the music doesn't seem to fit in that episode that well.
0: I wish I used it elsewhere because yes. it's, uh, again, such a l- great little piece of music. But I love um, a piece of music that you'll hear in the next episode, the runaway theme, mm. um, and that's stuck around for so long. I reckon that would uh, work so much better here. Mm. Yeah. Mm.
1: Absolutely, it would.
0: Um,
2: now, of course, this story isn't really based around much because, you know, trucks pushing other engines well I say pushing mm-hmm. engines losing control of trucks and just needing to stop suddenly was it wasn't uncommon but mm. it wasn't really that common so this story hasn't got any real basis mm. apart from the usual train going down a hill way too fast and just needing to stop but what i find really good about this episode is how like the music, as we said, is great. But I feel it really again plays into the Thomas sort of failing mm. at another hurdle. Yeah. Um which is all about growing up. I feel like mm. these very early episodes are about
0: learning and growing and up. And development, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's um interesting that like not all Episodes or stories have to end on a high, happy note, and I really like that it ends on this kind of sour note here. And in the previous episode as well, where um, at the end of Thomas's train, all the big engines are mocking Thomas's um, incident. And at the end of this, it's the fact Controller saying, You've got a a lot to learn about what's just happened. Yeah, shunt shunt trucks. Yeah, just
2: Yeah. yeah. And realistically, I feel like that's a really good sort of quote-unquote punishment on how, well... Is is
1: it a punishment,
2: though? Well, yeah, it's... That's where I sort of am, like, hazy about it. Because, you know, he is going, well, I will allow you to work with trucks, but you have to learn how to work with them well. Mm. And I feel like normally, because Thomas does want to learn to be more really useful, which... Um, this was the very first time in the railway series that the term really useful engine was used. Mm. Yes. Which just became a bit of a theme. Um, But the fact on how... I, I feel like it is a punishment because Thomas has just had, a, understandably, a very traumatic experience...
1: Well, that's a fair point. ...of,
2: mm. you know, nearly essentially crashing and burning Yeah, <laughs> after going at high speed. I must stop. I must stop. And then, well, I'll allow you to work some more since that's what you want. <laughs> add some sass. <laughs> um, but it is very much as a business point of view. Good. But mm. um, another thing I'm going to add very quickly, I think this is the... Only time we get a close up of the large scale buffer model. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Used in the episodes.
0: Yeah, there's a, a lot of interesting, like that um, shot, there's a lot of interesting shots to look at. And I think one of the shots that always interested me in these early episodes as well is when you get um, that kind of angle shot looking up of one of the engines um, going down with uh, that greenery behind them. Um, but you don't see anything behind them either. Yeah, it's
1: it's like driving along a motorway in Britain, really. Yeah. Yeah, It's mm. it's just you're looking at embankments on either side of the engine. And, yeah, I think that's where the lack of budget in the show really comes through. Yeah. yeah, Because they use that same shot with all the engines over and over again.
0: Yeah, Mm. very much in this first season as well. Mm.
1: And um, the lack of budget also shows very early on in the episode when they're in the Tidmouth Sheds. And we see that all the engines are complaining about Thomas, and we see Edward particularly yeah. looking really cross with him. And then in the very next scene, he's like, "It's like Edward's a really kind engine, and you know he's." Got he's got this,
0: got this split personality going on. <laughs> <laughs>
2: he, he, he's old. He's got dementia. Don't question him. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I feel on a ranking of this episode, it sits around about a five for me. Mm. Um. As you mentioned, Perry, the music doesn't really line up with it, and the budget really shows. Mm. I-, I feel like probably the biggest bonus this episode has is its nostalgia value. Yeah. But as I'm sort of subtracting that from all of my rankings, it is only about a five for me. It mm. would be lower, except it's got
1: that really interesting shot of Thomas stopping at the buffers. Mm.
0: For sure. Where would you rank it, Perry?
1: I would rank it at about a six, because even though the stories are not the most insightful or the most um, fleshed out, you know, we do have the great music. We've got that great B-roll footage of Thomas pulling the trucks. So, yeah, it's a six of me. What about you, Denim?
0: I think um, I also have to rate this on uh, uh, quality of production value. I think uh, the shots are really nice and interesting. Again, the story isn't as fleshed out as it could be, um, but I'd love to see a a fan recreation of this story from scratch to see uh, what that would look like. Mm. Um, Even in The Adventure Begins, I don't think they quite captured that Mm. level of urgency, um, but it'd be great to see what that would look like. But uh, based on what we've got, based on uh, the story and uh, what we see on the screen, I'm going to rate it a six as well.
1: Can I just point out as well, our first instance of seeing the Troubles and Trucks, all we see are two cross-eyed, you know, frowny eyes. And then this black downturned mountain you can barely even see. yeah. And then in the second season onwards, of course, we've got the grey faces. The the flesh face, yeah. yeah. Which are easily much more distinguishable. Whereas with these ones, you have really no indication as to whether or not the trucks have any personality or whether they're cheeky or whether they are actually troublesome. It's
0: interesting because it's quite a similar distinction of face to um, what Annie and Clarabelle have as well. Mm. And it's... um Interesting that they kept that style of face for Annie and Clarabelle, but they um, changed that in Season 2 for the troubles and the trucks. So mm. it makes me think, like, if uh, the coaches had faces, what would Annie and Clarabelle look like with uh, those faces as well? Or mm. the, the other coaches as well. Uh, old yes. slow coach. Yes, very much so. And uh, Henrietta later on as well. Yes. Yeah. We're going to uh, talk about one more episode uh, in this podcast. Uh, stick around. Uh, we'll be back
4: shortly. One, two, three, four! They can't keep pushing us around. Sentences. let's make sure they never forget, we are the troublesome trucks, we work as hard as all you schmucks, we strive to be really useful too, but make us mad and you'll see what we can do. Some trucks will get them all the same. Trolls of trucks will get the engines every time. Trolls of trucks will run the engines all the time. They don't care how big they are, to them it's just a game. Those of trucks will get them all the same. But make us mad and you'll see why
0: And uh, that was We Are the Choppers and Trucks by Christian Cords, the punk rock version, because it's the only yeah. version that exists. Um, uh, we've chatted about uh, Thomas's train and uh, Thomas and the trucks today, and we've got one more episode uh, to chat about, and that is uh, the end of this arc uh, Thomas and the Breakdown Train.
3: The Fat Controller was waiting anxiously for them. Well, Thomas, he said, I've heard all about it, and I'm very pleased with you. You're a really useful engine. James shall have some proper brakes and a new coat of paint, and you shall have a branch line all to yourself. Oh, thank you, sir, said Thomas.
0: So, Thomas and the Breakdown Train uh, is... Which episode are we up to now? Episode... So
1: we're up to episode seven, I believe.
0: Episode seven. Um, and this uh, is the redeeming story for Thomas. Uh, yes. He uh, meets James for the first time, who is tearing through Tidmouth uh, with... Uh, Break blocks on fire. Yeah, mm. and a line of... Uh, Foolish Troublesome trucks. Oh. I almost said foolish freight cars, but <laughs> we're not in America.
2: <laughs> I, 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 actually, I, as you say, this is Thomas's redemption in the American dub. Uh, Thomas and Breakdown Train is known as Thomas Saves the Day. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I, in which he very much does. You know, um, it. The plot is he starts off shunting trucks in the yard as mm-hmm. punishment for the previous episode. Uh, Thomas and the trucks, um, and. I really like that sense of continuity, Mm. which really occurs in these earlier seasons. And then it brings up sort of what I feel is one of the best montages. Mm. After the alarm goes off, Thomas finds James overturned in a paddock. You've got a brilliant montage with some wonderful music of the trucks being shunted away and Mm. the cranes lifting James up. And the sunset, oh, it's
0: so yes. good.
2: It's person, per- personally, I know I'm going to give this a
0: good ranking later. Mm. <laughs> there's a lot to love about this episode, and I think this is the first episode where there's like a quite a big accident, a big crash. Mm. But at mm. the same time, we don't see what happens as yes. well, which kind of uh, again mm. leaves a little bit of mystery to how it happened. Like, how did he? end up overturned in a field with trucks everywhere. Unless you watch The Adventure Begins. True.
1: Have you seen it yet, Parry? I have not seen it yet, Devin, unfortunately. You have
0: have to look forward to it. Mm. Movie night.
2: But, um, of course, in it they do show the actual crash sequence take place, and they add a little bit extra to it beforehand with Thomas chasing down James. And it is in the special a really horrific crash. It is grueling
0: like James like grazes his face down on the ground and he's like it's... wailing in
2: pain. <laughs> it like and that's one thing that I really do like about this crash. As it is really serious. You have an engine going high speed on fire, may mm. I add, um, as he crashes then into a field. Now what's really interesting here and as a choice for the budget and production is on how in the railway series, James was initially black. Yes. And this was his, f- this is technically his first appearance. It's mentioned in later episodes that James on his first day had a horrible accident, mm-hmm. even though we saw him earlier in yes Henry and the tunnel. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but I, in my head cannon, I like to think that that's not James. That's just another engine
0: for sure one of my headcanon theories that I use, uh, which is something that uh my friend uh brought to me who um is doing a lot of his kind of uh own headcanon theorizing and research into his model railway. Uh but he introduces the idea that um engines were hired, um, before they were bought, um, to work on the NWR, and I believe that James was probably one of those engines. Maybe he came from, um, the British Railways in, um, England or the, um, LMS, hence why he's red. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, kind of where it fits into my, uh, canon, if that makes sense.
1: It does to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and exactly. and that
2: that is something that is actually supported by the Reverend. Um in the Railway series there are two other engines that um I've theorized about in the past that are never really mentioned. They're just blue. They're just mean. And according to the Reverend, um this um sort of behaviour from these rude engines who were on loan on a trial mm. caused them to be kicked out. So in this fictional land of Sodor, sadly, <laughs> um, it, the idea of engines being on loan before they are purchased is very real. Mm. But um, on the, going back to James, he is red starting this episode. Mm. He hasn't got any, you know, black paintwork and he, his on fire, quote-unquote. You never really see him on fire. Well, well yeah. you
1: see the sparks coming y- out y- of the wheels. Y-
2: you see the sparks. I thought that was exciting as a kid. Oh, yeah, that I was awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's probably one of the... I, I would argue this is the most action-packed episode in the entire one to seven. Yeah. It, and... That includes Rusty in the boulder right there. Oh. oh. That'd be cool. Okay, okay. <laughs> Second most okay. action fact. It's up there. We'll yeah, say it, that. And especially for the time, this was probably the most action you'd see on a kids' TV show. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm. Whoa, 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 that's another oh, big call. Because uh, Fireman Sam, I mean, come true. on. True. Yeah, there's a
2: fire every episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but
1: good. that's still action, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, true.
2: Okay, okay, I'm speaking out of line. <laughs> <laughs> we like to embellish you on Right on Track. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Hey, would you like
0: to be attacked personally? Well, join the Right on Track podcast.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, there's, um, I think, the idea that not everything is as positive as it always can be in children's literature and TV here, is something that, again, I uh, think is really attractive to this universe. And I think it does create a sense of like, oh, what's going to happen? Um, and I think this episode particularly encapsulates that as well, as well as um, the book iteration too. Mm. Yeah, I think the idea that... Um, it takes Thomas so long to um, eradicate uh, what has happened uh, with the troublesome drugs. Um, again, is a wonderful uh, montage, uh, but there's uh, this sense that time is passing, and th- it's the first time we see the breakdown train as well in action. Mm-hmm. There's a whole kind of. Uh and, and element that's introduced there. Yeah,
1: that used to mesmerise me as a kid as well, seeing the two cranes dun, lifting James dun, up and back dun. onto the tracks. And yeah. yes, the music as well. Yeah, oh, it oh, fits so well with it.
2: The the music, I remember my sister and I, um, whenever we were working hard on something that was laborious, <laughs> we would always just hum that tune to ourselves <laughs> and like one would start and the other person would do like the next few notes. <laughs> it was just a constant back and forth. What I feel is most important about this episode, apart from introducing James or the crash, is how it sets up Thomas for the rest of the series as it is, on how Mm. he has now got his own branch line. He's got Annie and Clarabel. And I feel that is probably the most distinct part of this episode.
4: Yeah,
0: definitely. I would agree. Yeah, I think... There's definitely a lot to love, and I feel like the ending to this episode particularly as well definitely kind of, uh, rounds off everything that's happened up until now quite nicely. We're introduced to Annie and Clarabel, um, there's this good tidings with, uh, Edward and Henry, and Gordon as well, um, and James goes off to be repaired to go join the forces at NWR, um, and it kind of sets, yeah, as you said, it sets the tone for the rest of the season, um, but it kind of closes off everything nicely as well. Mm.
2: However, it does um, put in place a nice recurring uh, segment at Ellsbridge because that is the connecting station mm. uh, between Fafakwa and the main line apart from Knapford. Yeah. Mm. Um, however, I do believe it was originally supposed to be
1: Knapford. Yes. Right. So I, in the original stories, Napford is supposed to be the junction where the main line and the branch line meets, but in the TV series, it is Ellsbridge. Correct. And, and, yeah. and
2: it apparently, um, according to maps and so on, it meets at Ellsbridge, and then the main line loop sort of runs along for Farqua for a while before going along to Callendale or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it also like forms part of the main line loop, and then the the Farquhar line also joins back at Mm Napford, So I really feel that Ellsbridge, I I actually really would have liked if Ellsbridge was the only connection. Mm. Mm. As much as I love the iconic Napford, I think Ellsbridge station as the connection fits so much better. And even if you look at the uh, illustrations in the railway series, the Napford in there, looks very similar to Ellsbridge. It does, yeah. With the island platform. It hasn't got the canopies, because the Mm. canopies is what Vicarstown was supposed to look like.
0: And Tidmouth as well. Exactly.
2: So I feel like that there was some crossed lines, um, fan reference there, uh, crossed lines (laughs) in in the production of this. But I really do feel that the little Ellsbridge meeting up, which plays in later to... Henry being ill and Gordon always going mm. by and making fun of mm. Thomas. It's just such a
0: nice little bow. A as little you meeting said. point, yeah. Mm. And as like as the whole show goes on as well, there's a few of those that crop up. Like, I love one of my favourite locations is Croven's Gate where uh, the Scarlowy Railway and the N W R meet and there's that interaction that uh the engines have at the station and at the sheds as well. And I think one of my favorite interactions there, which will embellish on uh, Once Forgets a Series 4, is whenever Sir Handel and Gordon get to have an opportunity to chat and <laughs> he gets ideas that are bigger than his uh,
1: capacity. Yeah, his
0: yeah, station. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's thinking about yonder station in the sky.
2: Yeah. yeah. Station. Oh, but yeah, that is such a brilliant interaction. And I feel like meeting points where there really isn't much else you can do is probably something that the entire Thomas series thrives upon. You've got Croven's Gate where this is sort of the only time they can ever see each other. They can't go on an adventure together unless you're talking out with Scar day out and Renee's day out and all the others. I just knocked my microphone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sorry to our listeners who are just deafened.
2: <laughs> I'm so sorry. But um, I really like the idea of the meeting point. Um, for me, this episode is definitely I I'm tempted to say a nine. I, I I'm, I'm tempted Ooh, high to... high ranking. High ranking. I may go eight point five, but I feel it is better than Thomas's Train. So like eight point seven five maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it has got that beautiful montage. It's tied it all together for me, and the music. I think that. Um, this episode, and I'm hoping I'm speaking out of line again, guys, uh, this episode would definitely be in the top three for season one.
1: No, 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 I think that's fair. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's a fair judgment. Okay.
0: Uh, Denim, what's your ranking? Oh, look, I think, um, there's a lot to love here. Um, and definitely, I think it's one of the, uh, so far it's definitely, uh, an episode that has a lot going for it. I think I have to I have to give this a solid eight, I reckon. Mm, yeah. Solid
1: eight, okay. Parry? It's a solid eight for me as well. I like how Thomas is fully developed as a character, he's less stubborn than he was before. He's more cautious and patient and selfless. And uh, obviously it would take a few more stories before he became like a fully matured character. But no, we're beginning to see the beginnings of the Thomas the Tank engine that we would later come to be familiar with. The very one much who so. was wise and smart and not as stubborn.
2: And not going off to see the world for the very first time for the fiftieth time. Yes. Yeah. I
0: think I'm <laughs> getting a bit tired of that too, so you're not alone. Well, we've come to the end of our uh Rail journey. Uh, with the three episodes that we re- reviewed today, we reviewed uh, Thomas's train, Thomas and the trucks, and Thomas and the breakdown train. Uh, join us next episode as we will be looking all things James, mm. uh, discovering who uh, he is, and through his um, instances and uh, happenings, uh, becomes a part of the Fat Controller's railway. But for now, it's uh, goodbye from us as we. Uh, I was about to say sail off into the seventies. I don't know why I was going to say that, but it was uh, just as something. We
1: steam off into the sunset. As as we look off over
0: the
2: regatta, together the three of us, because there have never been three Thomas fans more proud to be part of the Thomas connoisseur. Yes.
0: Topped it off right there thank you so much for joining us uh, you can check us out on any uh, podcasting uh, feed uh, where you get your podcast whether that's iTunes or the podcast app or Omni um, we'll also be having social media popping up soon so check us out on uh, Facebook and Instagram and SoundCloud uh, we would love to uh, hear from you hear your thoughts hear about your favourite episodes and characters what do you uh, think about season one uh, but for now uh, it's goodbye from us Goodbye. Goodbye. Adios.